I am Sheree Leiden. I'm the CEO of Gold Bull Resources, a company that I co-founded with Craig Parry uh, back in 2020. And Gold Bull Resources is a gold-focused exploration and development company in Nevada. Sheree, nice introduction. Uh, good to meet you. Um, <clears throat> now, the, the the theme of this the theme of this interview is con- uh, you're the contrarian investor. You know, looking at how we're dealing with the markets where we are. Now, I, I see from Goldbull Resources that you've actually, in a way, you've already rolled with the markets. You've already adapted. Um, could you just uh, tell the viewers what I mean by that? You know, in terms of going from the the big picture exploration to the the scoping study on the project. Sure, well, we've we've had to be agile um, along with market conditions in the gold exploration sector this year. Uh, we started off uh, with acquiring the Sandman project in December 2020. We paid US four million dollars for the asset from Newmont. It had um, 290,000 ounces of gold at the time. Since that time, over the last 18 months, we've done quite a lot of drilling, about 10,000 meters of drilling. And uh, we've increased the resource to the current resource just shy of 500,000 ounces. And we were on a mission to get over a million ounces via exploration. So essentially, the more we drill, the more we spend, uh, the more ounces we're adding. Uh, However, we noticed in this year's uh, dual program, mid-2022, that our positive news results and our positive gold intersections weren't having a positive impact on our market cap. In fact, the more we drilled, the more we announced, the lower our share price went, despite the good news. So as a board, we had the decision, do we keep spending a couple of million dollars more um, on, on these drill holes, which are adding ounces, but really the market does not care. In fact, it was catalyst to sell. Or do we... Um, do we look at plan B, which is, well, we already have half a million ounces uh, with a high degree of confidence. And is there a way that we can add value to our shareholders via looking at the economics of extracting that? So I guess we, we've definitely changed because of the market uh, rather than continue to drill and continue to grow our ounces. We've had a look at uh, the PEA scoping study that we just announced. So that, that scoping study came out. You've wrapped some economics about around it. Before I kind of get into the kind of the the next round of questions, can you just provide uh, kind of a snapshot of what the, the headlines were from that scoping study, please? Absolutely. So we have half a million ounces of gold. The scoping study only looked at half of that. So the scoping study only looked at 250,000 ounces of the gold. And we chose to only look at the gold above the water table. And that's because that's a lot quicker and easier uh, to permit in any country, especially in the USA. When you start looking at extracting ounces below the water table, no big deal, but just requires additional surveys, baseline work, and that adds you know over a year of time. So for, uh, for the sake of getting this thing into production as soon as possible, we looked at only half our resource and um, we looked at a 35,000 ounce per annum operation and the numbers came out to be amazing IRR of 99%, uh, NPV of US $77 million. I think currently our market cap is about 6 million Canadian. So, you know, that that's the half, half our resource is a 77 um, US NPV. It, the, the, the deposits, we have four small deposits at Sandman that account for our half a million ounces. They're literally sticking out of the ground. So we've got very low strip ratio of 1.6 um, to 1, uh, average gold grade of 0.74 grams a tonne and all oxidised. So this stuff just really leaches out of the rock very easily. And importantly, in this market, a relatively low capital uh, requirement of about $28 million, again, US, 
um, and an all-in sustaining cost of uh, 11.73. So the numbers look good. It looks like it's got the potential to be uh, a small-scale cash cow. And for us, the goal has never been 35,000 ounces per annum either. However, there's just so many companies that you know, have really made their start on similar sides. Um, startup or operations. So, you know, we're looking at the B2s and the Equinoxes and, and so forth and saying, well, and they're currently a billion dollar company and they started with a 30 to 40,000 ounce per annum operation. So why don't we follow that same model? And it's um, uh, a heat bleach operation is about the simplest thing you can do, especially if you've got oxide material, almost free dig, probably rip and dig. I, d- I just cast my mind back to Clough Gold. You probably don't know, it's a British company that's uh, had an oxide operation. It started in 1997, I think, uh, in Ghana. And they built that thing for two bob and a pickled onion. I mean, they, 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 it was basically a dozer and some and some ponds and uh, a heat bleach circuit. And they they were pouring gold out of it. And um, it's, it's not just Clough Gold that's done it. You, you, there are plenty of companies in um, in Mexico that, you know, on the, um, in, in the Sonora district and they're mining kind of 0.5 gram material and they just get into production quickly. You build oh, up your cash flow. Yeah. And the same thing, Nevadans are king of heat bleach. You know, they've been doing this for you know, more than 50 years and doing it really well. And um, just about every operation that I know that gets into production and anything under 100,000 ounces ends up getting taken out. I mean, even the majors, you know, did the merger to form Nevada Gold Mines. This is highly profitable. It's super simple technology. Um, It's not rocket science. It's more like a quarry operation. And right now I know Marigold is mining 0.3 grams a tonne. So 0.7 grams plus is actually considered like high grade when you look at Nevada and heat bleach with such low strip ratio. And um, the people that were involved with our PEA, they've built mines in Nevada before. They've done this before. All of our consultants, this is not their first rodeo. So I think um, we're, we're in really, really good hands. We've got a great local team. And another one of the benefits of having a project located near Winnemucca is that you're not importing the people. They already live in the mining yeah. hub of Winnemucca. Thanks to Nevada Gold Mines, there's already thousands of skilled people in that district. And now we've got another you know, half a dozen companies that are, are developing mines and calling Nevada home. So the skill set's are already here. And what about the confidence in, I mean, it's a scoping study level uh, uh, economic wraparound that you've done. Uh, what about the confidence in the resource, grade continuity, uh um, metallurgical heterogeneity, metallurgical test work, uh, handling of the material, I don't know, clays, uh, you know, how much work have you done and how much work are you going to need to do to take it to the next stage? Sure. So the resource, I'd say uh, we've got an extremely high level of confidence because uh, courtesy of Newmont, again, we inherited about $30 million worth of data on this asset. So Newmont predominantly drilled uh, wide diameter PQ core, and we've still got all that core. We inherited all that core for the project. Uh, so we've predominantly been doing uh, RC drilling, um, infill drilling uh, for our exploration holes, but the resource is based on you know, over a thousand drill holes, which is quite extraordinary for only half a million ounces. So resource-wise, we're, we're super confident. If anything, um, I'd say there's upside because there's some high-grade shoots that haven't been um, included in the resource because there's only one hit of you know super high-grade gold material. So I'd say the resource is somewhat um, uh, could only get better, and confidence and, is there. Uh, hang on, and are you comfortable with the, with the orientation? the drilling that was done are you confident with the geological model that newmont had they would they it's mostly orthogonal to mineralization they they are they are did they get the geology and you haven't had to reinterpret it no that they did a good job um so we're, we're very happy with the data that we've inherited from newmont um it, it's just it's basically fit for purpose and where we had some question marks we've whacked some holes ourselves 
Um, there was some question marks over oxidization, things like that. So we, we've answered those questions in the drilling that we've already done, especially when you're talking about mining of the oxide. We're talking about everything's in the top 100 metres. Um, so this is we, we've got an amazing amount of data in the top 100 metres. In fact, and the um, so below the 100 metres is where there's a lack of data, and that's where the exploration potential lies. And um, from what I can understand, what I've seen is that you've, you're taking it down to the existing water table. Um, yes, is, is, is that is, is that the existing uh, does that existing water table correlate with the transition zone or is, is there a historic kind of oxide that, potential that kind of goes deeper than the current water table? Yeah, the, the existing water table um, isn't the isn't the marker of oxidization. So, for example, our um, our resources to the north, North Hill and Silica Ridge, they're essentially entirely um, oxidized at Silica Ridge. We start to get to a uh, sulfide. So at North Hill, we've got a few hundred metres of oxide and we're still in oxide. But then you go to our southern resources of Abel Knoll and southeast Pediment, and there you get a, you get a transition zone closer to about 100 metres. So that's a you know, 100 metres difference um, within two of our resource areas and uh, with respect to oxidization. But for um for above the current water table, everything's essentially oxidized. So we don't have to so, worry about getting into any so, transition. So everything in your mine plan in the scoping study is is well oxidized. What about Absolutely. um what about um handling characteristics from you in, in your four pits? I mean, have you got some which have got more clays or which are not going to percolate so well on the you know, what are the leach characteristics on the pad? um you know the the, the permeability sure. the kinetics so we actually it's not a clay rich deposit um it's got um it's agilaria rich so if anything um it, we've got the hardness to deal with versus the clays at this project uh it's essentially agilaria flooding um over the entire province and that's probably a positive i'd say with respect to recovery um again all four deposits handle slightly different and we've actually decided to use a conservative um, presumed recovery of 70% in our uh, preliminary economic assessment. However, our actual results from border roll test work indicate about an 85 to 90% recovery. And we've gone conservative because that's an area that we would like to do a bit more work on. There hasn't been enough um, metallurgical mm. test work um, done for us to call this a feasibility study. So in the next um, 12 months, I would like to see some more holes go in there to answer some of those metallurgical questions. And it's essentially to give us more confidence to say, well, our recovery is actually 80% or 85% or whatever that number is. But based on um, the preliminary work, it's certainly looking over 80, but it's just not enough work for us to be confident that's uh, indicative and representative of the entire deposit. And presumably Newmont didn't go down that metallurgical test work because they were looking for the big uh, multi-million ounce <laughs> deposit. And so, well, so why would they surprisingly, bother? Surprisingly, did a bit of met work because they had an earning joint venture with Frontier. So they actually were trying to spend money on the project. And right. we've got a, we still have a, a massive test pit, a hole in the ground at Southeast Pediment where they sent bulk samples, they truckloads of the stuff uh, to Twin Creeks. Uh, so we actually have real life um, bulk sample metallurgical work for Southeast Pediment. And they also did um, some test work for North Hill and Silica Ridge. But Abel Knoll was the deposit of ours that we, we were lacking met work. And we've already done some bottle roll test work that had extraordinary recoveries uh, this year, actually. Um, so the, all, all the met work's looking super positive, but it's just not feasibility level met work. So I can't tell you that this is feasibility study. This is a scoping study, so we have to do a bit more work with respect to MET before we start digging this out of the ground. And um, I, I don't want to put cart in front of horses or anything. I don't want to jump a gun, but um, if you do 
uh, get a better recovery. I mean, that obviously has a kind of significant impact on the on the economics. Oh, absolutely, because we've used the conservative seventy percent. And we also, you know, in a scoping study, you, you don't want to come out with your best numbers first. Uh, there'll be a, a, a PFS or a FS. Um, before production. So we, we also wanted to be somewhat conservative in these assumptions and also see, see what the reality is after the additional metallurgical work. So hopefully there's a bit of upside to come out of these numbers. And um, just um, going on the on the Agilari being a kind of a hard, uh, almost kind of a, a hardness thing, does that mean you're conventional drill and blast in this in this operation? It's not a free yeah, dig? Yeah, everything's it's not stock, a, it's not stock a standard conventional, yeah, conventional yeah. blast. Okay, good, good. So what are the next steps in terms of advancing that uh, that oxide above the water table uh, resource? You know, what are your timelines and your commitments? Work, what are the major milestones you need before you can get to the PFS stage? So we've decided to, um, I, I guess, essentially commence the long lead items um, for production. And in parallel, be working on some of the FS components. Like there's, there's certain, um, there's certain, monitoring surveys that just take time. So, for example, in the US, you have to do four quarters of water monitoring. Uh, regardless of whether we're staying above the water table, we need to prove the negative. Uh, so yeah. that needs to start essentially before you can submit your mining permit. So just knowing we're, we're looking like we're going that direction, we're going to start that in quarter one next year. So then we can say we, we've ticked that box um, and that the, the clock starts ticking with respect to our permits now. And in parallel, we're doing the additional work that was identified in our scoping study as the next step for a PFS or FS, um, including some of those um, wide diameter holes for our metallurgy. Um, these are quite low cost um, aspects because, again, we're only talking about the upper portion. So when, mm. when we're talking about um, d- drilling holes for MET, we're talking about drilling down to a max of about 80 metres. So it's all pretty cheap um, to work out these characteristics, just given that we're talking about a a deposit that's outcropping. So um, we're, we're starting to essentially create a list. We're having those discussions with the miners and the metallurgists. You know, what do we need? What's missing? What are, what are the critical aspects that we've got to get right to ensure um, this you know gets off the ground and, and is a success? So um, you, the, the long lead permits are number one. Do you have to uh, drill more fresh material for um, uh, well fresh holes? for metallurgical test work? Can't you use the existing PQ? We're actually looking at that right now um, to see whether we've got enough. Some of the um, the Newmont holes sent all of their um, their PQ in the mineralized section to the lab, so they'd send some, right. to, you know, half to the assay yeah. and half for MET work. So yeah. we're going through the core at the moment to see if there is enough or whether we will have to put a few holes in. My, my gut feel is that we will have to do a couple of holes. I don't think it's going to be many, but there'll be some yeah. geotechnical um, question marks that I'd like to know. I um, mean, you know, what, what is the angle of our pit wall? Is it 60 degrees? Is it 80 degrees? And I think we'll need a couple of diamond holes to really ascertain those things um, before production anyway. So we could probably do two for one holes where we're getting metallurgical information, geotech information. And uh, you're pretty much looking at a seven or eight year mine life. Is that right? Yeah, the current, the current mine life is around six years. Uh, and then the the theory is that during those six years, we'll be permitting um, via the more comprehensive permit and uh, monitoring surveys that go beneath the water table. So then that essentially doubles um, it just from the known resource. And in parallel, you know, the, one of the reasons why we're trying to get cash flow is to continue to explore and add ounces. So most of these resources remain open. So although it's, you know, five to six years on paper now, we've got another five to six years sitting under this already that we that we're doing in stage two. 
Uh, and then beyond that, there'd be the exploration in parallel. So, you know, we're, we're starting off as five to six years, but the intent is that this is certainly, you know, going to go beyond a decade. Uh, because if you if you take a really short-term approach, you can, uh, if, you, if you've got a kind of a six-year mind life, you can really steepen up those pit walls. But if you're looking for a, a slightly more um, uh, stable long-term environment, you'll want to uh, take a more conservative approach to those pit walls. Yes, and currently we've used that conservative approach because we're, we're quite confident there's more ounces to be found yeah. at Sandman. But you know, like we're we're seeing right now, it's so sad that you can acquire and buy ounces cheaper than you can drill them out, and that's yeah. just a reflection of you know, the depressed exploration gold sector right now. That won't always be the case, but you know, right now, you know, why would we spend five million dollars um, adding more ounces via exploration when? I could buy a neighbor for $5 million you know, type thing. Uh, and, and that's the, the sad reality of where we're at. So that's why we're trying to be a little different. We're very fortunate that we have an opportunity um, to actually progress a project that I, I firmly believe will be a mine one day. Um, so not, not every company sitting on a project like Sandman that is located in such a mining-friendly jurisdiction and it's you know, pretty low risk when I look at a, a startup operation in, in terms of um, the, um, the, the technical aspects. The Sandman comes down to the gold price, and um, you know, it, what's what's your view on the gold price will depend on whether you think Sandman is going to become a little cash cow. And uh, thirty five thousand ounces per annum is not gold bull's end game, yeah, but we think um, it, it could really differentiate us and, and set us apart from the rest by being a cash flow producer. But the market historically doesn't really care about small producers. Um, it's more of a kind yeah, of a corporate I, thing. I, I, well. Yes and no. So the market hasn't rewarded our PEA. Um, and that said, we've, we're getting people knocking on our door, gold gold producers and and um, and mid-tiers, you know, looking at our um, project now. And the the other small-scale producers that have got up and running in Nevada have been taken out. So this year we had Calibre take out Fiore and they're probably thinking that was a wise move after, you know, last week's drama in Nicaragua and now they've got yeah. a decent asset in Nevada. So uh, I think um, becoming a producer does differentiate you and there's not a lot left in Nevada that have not been taken out. So I, I do think um, it sets you apart probably more corporately versus um, share yeah. price-wise. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think, I think um, the the market hates you when you're trying to build a mine, mm-hmm. but when, you're, when you've done it, you're, you're, <laughs> you're rewarded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, and... That hates you, but you know. To be honest, I was in Vancouver last week and just canvassing the capital markets, and I don't think there is money there to raise money on early stage exploration right now. But no. I do think there is money to raise development capital. Uh, and essentially, when when investors see that this is going to be the last raise before you're a cash producer or the second last raise, and that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, whereas right now, if you're a you're hand to mouth uh, explorer, you go in the market and there's there's no income coming back anytime soon, and it's just continually going back to the market. So, I think um, just given the state of the the market and the fact that we don't know when gold is going to rally, I think most people in this sector are, are gold bulls like 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 I am. But I don't know if gold's going to be two thousand and twenty three or twenty four or twenty five. Uh, and then th- this essentially lets us control our own destiny. And uh, we're, we're not always going back to the market and diluting our shareholders, of which I'm a shareholder, Craig's a shareholder, our directors are shareholders. And we all put our money where our mouth is and we all invest on the same terms as our investors. So we don't want to be continually diluted when we've got a, a really robust project with good economics. And you, you came to market quite recently, didn't you? Um, you're a relatively new company. 
when yes. when did you when did you list? So we actually took over a shell um, called QX Metals, uh, which had some assets in Bulgaria and Romania that weren't going anywhere due to permitting reasons. Uh, and we took over that in um, in mid to late 2020, and we acquired the Sandman project in December of 2020. So okay. we've only been around 18 months. Right. You've got some. Um, where where are your major backers? Your kind of the the, the the you've got a big family office behind you, haven't you? Uh, yes, the Flannery family office are our largest shareholder. Um, they're based out of Sydney, um, Australian mining astute um, investors. And uh, our next couple of large shareholders are also Aussie money. So a lot of Aussie and Canadian investors in the space uh, trying to work on the American book and retail at the moment. But I'd say um, you know, the, the top 20 are probably uh, over 50% Aussie uh, and the rest Canadian and American. A, little, a few Germans in there as well. And um, if, if, it's a, if it's a mining family office, if it's mining money behind it, then presumably they're quite comfortable about the development um, kind of strategy that you've you've uh developed in the last 12 months yeah it's probably been in the last three to six months to be honest but um yeah the major shareholders are definitely on board with the strategy uh and um you know most of them have indicated that they would be there to contribute you know for for that strategy and in addition to having a really supportive major shareholders uh, there's also debt on offer at very low interest rate terms yeah. um, to numerous projects, yeah, obviously at, at PFS or FS rather than scoping study. So we've, we've got some work to do and we're cognizant of what that work is. So we're getting on with it uh, immediately to, to progress to the next step. Um, and with my um, half a geological brain that remains, um, Agilaria flooding, um, that's not that common, is it? What, what, what kind of um, event are you talking about that kind of brings... Uh, that much agilaria into a system. Yeah, it's um, it's quite a unique phenomenon. I haven't seen a lot of projects like it myself, and we've had uh, we've had some geologists that are brighter than I am to the project, including John Wood, who discovered the sleeper deposit, and uh, also Simon Meldrum, who I consider a bit of an epithermal expert. And um, both chaps independently have essentially vouched that the exploration potential of this region is quite immense because they see it almost as We've got these. We've got half a million ounces out of our four deposits, and then we've got another couple of known circa fifty to one hundred thousand ounce um, deposits in the region. And it's almost like a million ounces of known anomalism, you know, at the surface. So they're most interested in looking for the feeder and the source of what our current resources are, rather than focusing on the current resources, which almost uh, you get biased because that's where the goal is. So you go there. They they think to take a step back and look at this. We've got an immense land holding that's fully permitted under a plan of operation. So they're fully supportive of um, additional exploration strategies. And um, they both have a slightly different approach. Uh, John is of the, the sleeper model, uh, which was a 3 million ounce high grade deposit located. It's only about um, 30 kilometres north of Sandman. Same rock, same system, actually. And, On a structure. Uh, yeah, he thinks we're exactly along structure. So John thinks we should be looking for feeder structures and he believes that they, they're probably going to occur on um, on the contact of two geological rock types just below where our current deposits are. And although there's been thousands of drill holes at Sandman, there's been hardly any less than 200 metres. So John is basically of the firm belief that we need to be drilling on this. Essentially, the, the goal comes up the structures. And then John believes the first place it congregates is the pressure release zone, which is going to be the difference of two rock types. And that yeah. hasn't been a model that's been adequately explored. Previously, they were very stratigraphic focus and just looking at particular zones in the horizon. So 
there's men's upside from that perspective. And then Simon is more basic analysis. Again, structure, they've got structure in common. And uh, essentially, he's recommended we do things like gravity and seismic and deep holes, again, targeting multi-million ounce deposits, because both these chaps are looking for you know, five million ounce deposits wearing their, their new crest or their new mon advisory hats, not really with their goggle hats. So we're, we're really excited uh, to, you know, be if we're in a position to generate cash, we'd have the yeah. drill 500 meter holes and really test these five million ounce targets that we already have on the project. That's a nice conversation to have in a different environment when gold price Absolutely. is different, when there's capital available, when expiration is back on the cards. Yeah, exactly. It's not for now. Um, and so we've listened again, we've been agile. And as you said, you started off our conversation, we've had to change our tax and our objective um, with the market sentiment. And that's essentially the reason why we're now looking at a small scale startup instead of continually drilling um, these these higher risk, higher reward style exploration holes. So what does the retail investor need to look out for in your announcements and your progress over the next six months? What are you going to, what are you aiming to present to the market to say these are kind of uh, trigger points or milestones that you're glad that you've reached that may cause a, a, be a catalyst for share price movement? Well, you know, I thought the PEA would be a big one and we haven't seen that translate. So just doing these interviews to really get out the message um, is we, I'm doing a roadshow for the next couple of weeks to essentially let people know, you know we've got this US $77 million NPV on a pretty easy project that's looking at half our ounces at the moment. We've got a market cap of 6 million Canadian. So there's a big disconnect and there's a massive buying opportunity, in my opinion, um, with respect to where we are currently. It's getting the story out there. A lot of people still haven't heard about gold bull resources because we were born during COVID. So there wasn't the, the usual you know, marketing and getting out on the street. There's been a lot of Zoom things like this and, and not enough pounding the pavement. So first first step is get the PEA news out, um, get that in front of um, the retail investors and essentially let them know why we've changed tax. It's not because we don't think there's a million ounces at Sandman. Uh, it's because there's that there's a lot more um, money for development capital uh, right now than there is for exploration capital, and essentially um, get get that story out there to see if that uh, proves a re-rate or or see if it's falling on deaf ears. If it's falling on deaf ears, we're still going to um, progress on a shoestring. We've got we've already have um, enough funding in the bank. We're not come raise, uh, and we're going to progress these long lead items. So you can expect updates on these long lead items. We've commenced water monitoring. We've commenced um, metallurgical drilling. Um, you know, we've hit this, and this is what our recoveries are looking like. So next year is going to be essentially progressing salmon this direction. And um, and hopefully a little MA activity would be nice. I'm also spending a lot of time on fielding inquiries, um, site visit and CA requests. And this is pretty much on the back of our PEA numbers. So again, although yeah. retail hasn't really got it, um, there's other companies that are certainly looking at Sam managers. Well, we didn't realise um, that this this project looks so good. Uh, good. Well, um, good luck with that all, um, all of that. And um, good luck on the marketing travel over the next few weeks. And uh, I look forward to following up and uh, seeing how the, the news progresses during the course of next year. I mean, for me, the metallurgical test work if you can get that number from 70 odd percent up to the um, mid to high 80s that'll be a uh, that's a, a major step change in the valuation of the project mm -hmm, absolutely thank you for your time Ellen.